Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope that this message will both teach and encourage you. Here's today's message. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to be talking about the power of the prayer shawl. Glory to God. Glory to God. And I didn't plan on this being around. Praise the Lord. People say, why talk about the prayer shawl? It was prophetic from the very beginning in the book of Numbers when God first had them take the prayer shawl. I'll get it, babe. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. When he described how they're supposed to make it, it was for a purpose. This prayer shawl is a mystery and story that has been lost to the church for 2,000 years. Did you ever wonder how God communicated with his people before the invention of the printing press? Through the prayer shawl. His name is written all through the prayer shawl. Praise God. It reveals the name of God and his word. God communicated his identity, his authority, and his prophetic word through the prayer shawl. Here's where it began. The book of Numbers. Praise God. The 15th chapter. Hallelujah. How many love to hear these prophetic things that you don't always get a chance to hear? The book of Numbers, the 15th chapter. We're going to start with verse 37. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel. Tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments. These are the tassels. And if I get a chance to show you, and Cameron, I can walk around a little bit. Praise God. I always walk around when I preach, guys. I can't stand still. How many have heard of the wandering Jews? You know, once it's in your blood, brother, you can't, can't get it out. You will see that the tassel was what the woman with the issue of blood, Mark the fifth chapter, grabbed a hold of. Because this whole tassel spells out names of God. Praise the Lord. It's, it, it's typed in that way. It's, it's tied in that way. Tell them to make tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and to put a blue thread in the tassels of the corners. You will read the reason why he wanted the blue thread. Let's go on with the next verse. And you shall have the tassel that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them and that you may not follow the harlotry to which your own heart and your own eyes are inclined and that you may remember and do all my commands and be holy for your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. The blue thread was to remind the Jewish males, at first it were only made for the males. Once they reached 13, they got a hold of one. When they saw the blue thread, and most prayer shawls aren't made with the blue thread, I will only order them made with the blue thread. It was to remind you, have I studied God's word today? Have I prayed uh, according to the word? The way? Have I taken enough time with God? Praise God. Hallelujah. The original colors are blue and white or purple and white. It depended on what kind of dye they had at the time. 
Amen. It represents the sky, the clouds, and the blue sky. It represents where they said God lives, up in the heavenlies. Hallelujah. Later they began to make them in black and white because black represents mourning. When they went into the 70 years of captivity, they wanted something to remind themselves our sin caused this. And uh, so they started making them in black. Jesus wore this every day of his adult life. Moses wore it every day after it was made and to his funeral. David wore it on his day with Goliath. Daniel wore the prayer shawl in the lion's den. Jesus wore it in the darkness of Gethsemane. And you'll see at the end of this message, he'll be wearing it when he comes back. In the beginning, the name of God was a mystery. Exodus, the sixth chapter, the third verse. God says, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. The Hebrew word there is El Shaddai. But by my name, Lord, we pronounce that name, uh, Jehovah, Yahweh. But that's one name to this day. We know the letters, but they don't know how to pronounce it. It was never, I'll show you that in the book of Revelation. But by my name, which we call, Yod, the letters are yod heh vav we call it Jehovah, I was not known to them. God let men follow him for hundreds of years before revealing that name in the prayer shawl. God designed the prayer shawl, as we see in Leviticus. It's not a design from Paris, it's a design from paradise. Somebody say amen. Every letter in Hebrew has a numerical value. Praise God. Every Jewish person knows the corners. The Hebrew is called the tzitzit, stands for Jehovah God. The knots and the sashes always count to 613 in every prayer shawl in the world because there were 613 commands in Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. Hallelujah. Daniel wrote in Psalm 119.11, excuse me, David wrote Psalm 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart. That Hebrew means to memorize it. Somebody say amen. That I might not sin against thee. Only what you memorize is what you can utilize. In the day of spiritual combat, we must have committed scriptures to memory. How many, when you go over scriptures and memorize them, you're in a situation where you just want to say to yourself, the greater one lives in me. Scriptures of that power. When Jesus in Luke, the fourth chapter, was tempted by Satan, he didn't tell stories. He fought back with the word of God. Hallelujah. Always said, it is written. Satan's not afraid of our wise witticisms or our fancy philosophies. But I'm telling you, he's still mastered by the word of God and the name of Jesus. The knots each stand for a promise. I'm just going to give you about three of them. The first knot stands for Deuteronomy 6.4. 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There are three Hebrew words in the Old Testament translated the number one. This one is echad. It literally means a plurality in one unit. How many believe it was talking about our triune God? Prophesied right there, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We were ministering at a college in Martin, Tennessee a few years back. An Orthodox Jewish young man came and he wanted to know where does it talk about Jesus in the Old Testament? The most famous scripture is Deuteronomy 6.4. I shared with him and he knew the Hebrew. And he said, you're absolutely right. Right then he found Jesus in his heart. By just sharing him with the scripture, the second knot stands for thou shall not have any gods before me. The third knot, you will not have any graven images. When they traveled through the desert, the Ark of the Covenant held the presence of God. The Ark was in the tabernacle. The many have seen movies and drawings where they have the tabernacle. The tabernacle was huge. It was 18 feet by 45 feet. At the time when they were going through the desert to get to the promised land, it is estimated counting women and children, Moses had a congregation of about three to six million people. I want to believe that's a lot. The Jews teach maybe he bought stock and Excedrin. How would you like to answer to all those uh, questions? The prayer shawl became their tabernacle. I mentioned a 13-year-old male receives one. Praise God. They simply put the prayer shawl over their heads, and they're instantly in the house of the Lord. David said in one in Psalm 122, 1, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. How many have read that before? Did you ever think there was not a temple built until Solomon's day? What was he talking about? This was the house of the Lord. They lifted up the prayer shawl, and together the men would pray, and they'd put it over their heads and speak the secret things to God. They're instantly in the house of the Lord. Psalm 104 is what they would recite, the first two verses. Immediately the high priest would lead them in the first two verses of Psalm 104. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. You who cover yourself with light as with a garment, you stretch out the heavens like a curtain. Praise God. When Jesus said, Enter into your prayer closet, every orthodox, religious Jewish person knew what he was talking about. After they would recite in the Old Testament days, Psalm 104, they'd, like I showed you, put the prayer shawl over their heads and speak to the Lord deep secrets of their soul, their family, their community, things of this nature. Praise God. Israel camped around the tabernacle. And I'm going to use my Bible because the tabernacle was rectangular, 18 feet by 45 feet. Each tribe was equal distant away from them. Now, how many like to hear things you've never heard before? Praise God. How many have always heard there were 12 tribes in Israel? 
it mentions it in the Bible, mentions it in the book of Revelation. We're all old enough to remember a man named Paul Harvey. Y'all with me? And now the rest of the story. How many remember that? There's a reason why it says 12 tribes. Without throwing a hymnal to, at me, I'll explain it to you. There weren't just 12 tribes. There were 13 tribes. Jacob had 12 sons. Is everybody with me? But under Joseph came two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. So unless they changed Miss Cindy's math while I was sleeping last night, 11 plus 2 still equals 13. Why does it say 12 tribes? Because God wanted a godly tribe, the Levites. They, there were 12 landowning tribes. We remember that. God said, you're not going to have land on the earth. They'll give you cities to live in. They were like the Old Testament pastors. They were the only ones that offered the sacrifices. They were the only ones that are allowed in the true presence of God in the tabernacle. They're the only ones who could carry the tabernacle. Others who touched it passed away because they were holy. But let me mention about obedience just for a moment. Until Moses came down from Sinai and saw them worshiping the golden calf, which the Jews teach was the first time the first day of Pentecost. Y'all with me? And the Holy Ghost came 1,500 years later on that exact day. But let me just, one thing leads to another. Up until that time, it was the firstborn of every tribe that carried the tabernacle this. But the Levites were the only tribe that 100% of them didn't worship the golden calf. Simple obedience brings blessings. Amen? Hallelujah. He said, from this moment on, the Levites are the holy troop. He always saw them at a different level. So when it says 12 tribes, it's talking about the rest of them. They were the landowners. But God's God's holy people, the Levites, they're the ones that led praise and worship and all. Rectangular. Now the Levites were around the tabernacle. The other 12 tribes were this way. On the On the top there was Asher. Dan, Nephtali, and then there were three over here, three over here. But I want to mention the three largest tribes. They were in the rear. Zebulon, Judah, and Issachar. Why were they in the rear? Because when God looked down from heaven in the Old Testament days, he saw them standing in the form of a cross. Is that beautiful? I want the three largest tribes in the rear. During times of pray, they would. During times of prayer, they would shout and praise God together. They would shout and praise God. The moment the high priest took his prayer shawl, put it on his shoulder, they shouted as long as they wanted to. That's why Balaam. How many remember Balaam, the evil man who tried to pay for prophecy? Hallelujah. He was hired to curse Israel when he looked down from the mountain. Excuse me, Balak hired him. Balaam was the holy one. And he said, Numbers 23, 21, the shout of a king is among them. He saw the men standing in the presence of God with their prayer shawls over their heads shouting. When he looked again and saw them standing in the form of a cross in Numbers 24, 5, he said, oh, how beautiful. Are thy tents, O Jacob, 
they were so thankful to be set free from Egypt. I didn't get saved till I was 20. Let me tell you, friends, I was so thankful to be set free from the ways of the world. Hallelujah. I didn't need to smoke marijuana in an ungodly college just to show off in front of my buddies anymore. I didn't need to go to parties and pretend like I was a little bit drunk just to impress everybody. I found Jesus. How many got set free from garbage in the past? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Israeli flag to this day was designed after the prayer shawl. The only difference is the star in the middle. It's blue and white. Praise God. Reader's Digest, decades ago, recorded the miracle of the rebirth and regathering of the Ethiopian Jews. And then they began to talk about the millions of Russian Jews that came to Israel, many of them born again. And I believe in the days ahead, they're going to be talking about how many Jews in Israel, it's happening slowly and surely, are finding Jesus. And they'll write about the Messianic Jews. Those are the born-again Jewish people. We're going to hear the miracle of Elijah and Elisha. Praise God. We have plenty of time. Hallelujah, Pastor Stephen. Cindy, let me know. Since it's not football season, you can go to at least two or three in the afternoon. And I say that just to wake everybody up. How many know that's not true? But it's not football season yet. Am I right, brother? Praise God. Praise God. Let's look at Elijah and Elisha. Second Kings, the first chapter. We all remember the story. Three times Elijah told Elisha, Would you please wait here? Elisha said, I can't leave you. In other words, you've got so much of the presence of God on you. Praise the Lord. We'll start with verse 6 of the first chapter of 2 Kings. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on, and fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, that was his prayer shawl, rolled it up, struck the water, and it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Somebody say amen. Let me tell you something. It just wasn't the Red Sea that God parted. He can still part paths for us today we've got more than the prayer shawl we've got the name of jesus hallelujah praise god verse 9 as it was when they had crossed over that elijah said to elisha ask what it, what i may do for you before i'm taken from you elisha said please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me so he said you have asked a hard thing nevertheless If you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it. 
he had almost the exact number, twice the number of miracles as Elijah. Hallelujah. And Elisha saw it and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. And he also took up the mantle, the prayer shawl of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan as Elisha is going to heaven on those wings of fire, chariot of fire. He threw down his prayer shawl, his mantle. And now that same prayer shawl belonged to Elisha. Now this is important, verse 14. He being Elisha took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him, struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elisha? The 50 men of the sons of the prophets needed to hear that. They were wondering, where's that anointing? Looked over and said, where is the Lord God of Elisha? And when he had also struck the water, it was divided this way and that. And Elisha crossed over. Now when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, the spirit of Elijah arrests on Elisha and they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him hallelujah through that prayer shawl Elisha took it and parted that river the same way Elijah did now look at the parallels praise God the comparisons to the new covenant new testament times Elisha saw Elijah taken up to heaven And he received his mantle. Now watch this. The disciples saw Jesus taken up to heaven from the Mount of Olives. He sent them the mantle of power of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Elisha received a double portion. Jesus told his disciples greater things than these he was saying greater than i'm doing shall you do praise god we are seeing that happen today oh glory to god in the gospel of mark the fifth chapter praise god praise god gospel of mark the fifth chapter thank you jesus Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Look at verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, glory to God. I received Jesus because somebody told me about being born again. A young lady I worked with at a department store in downtown Pittsburgh, already gone two years to college, was doing theater and majoring in communications and all. Praise God. I'd never heard of born again. But because somebody told me the woman with the issue of blood heard it going around, there's a man of God named Jesus and lives change everywhere he goes. Praise God. And when she had heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. 
Now this same story is told in Luke the 8th chapter. And in the 44th verse, it says she touched the border, the very corner of the garment that spells out yod heh vav what we call Jehovah, the healing God. It wasn't like this was the only part she could get to. She knew the teaching, reached out and grabbed it. Glory to God. And I remind people when I teach on healing, who initiated this healing? The power of God was already in Jesus to heal, to set people free. Hallelujah. To raise people from the dead. She knew this and acted on it. Jesus felt that power come from him. Praise God. Praise God. She heard about Jesus. She came behind him in the crowd, touched his border, the border of the garment. She said, if only I may touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body she was healed of the affliction. Jesus immediately knowing in himself that resurrection power had got out of him turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? She knew the power of God was there. And she initiated it. Sometimes God's expecting us to do something. He expects us to pray and intercede and stand on Scripture. Amen? We Pentecostals are the ones that truly believe that. The Greek word Jesus used there is dunamis. It's the same word that was promised in Acts 1.8. You shall receive power. Everybody say power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. It's not the only word in the New Testament for power. This one's mean. It's an explosive power. Tearing apart, shedding anything that stands before you that's trying to stop you from moving with the gospel. See, that power is still unleashed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John, the 20th chapter. You're going to see how the prayer shawl was the final witness of the resurrection of Jesus. Praise the Lord. I thought I was there, and I wasn't. John, the 20th chapter. I love this. Praise God. The ultimate testimony of the resurrection of Jesus. Verse 6. Then Simon Peter came following him. John went in first. Went into the tomb and he saw the linen clothes lying there. And the handkerchief. That was the prayer shawl. In Jesus' day. when And I know I've heard some people say they stretched the prayer shawl over their whole body. They didn't do that back then. They wrapped the body. And the prayer shawl was folded in almost the exact manner they fold the American flag to this day. When you were done with it, you folded it and put it on the side. But when they buried the body, they wrapped his prayer shawl around his head. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So they both ran together in verse 4. And the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first, and he's stooping down, looking in, and saw the linen clothes lying there. Yet he did not go in when he saw, praise God, the napkin, the prayer shawl, folded in that special way. 
He knew two things right away. Yes, we're at the right tomb because the person that used to lay here was Jewish. Look at his folded prayer shawl. And they knew something else. He wasn't dead anymore. Glory to God. He was risen from the dead. There was no prayer shawl wrapped around his head. Jesus folded it in that immaculate way and set it next to where he was. Praise God. The only person that could be was the man in Hebrew, Yeshua HaMashiach, in English, Jesus the living Christ. Hallelujah. It testified he was alive and well. I still have time. Turn to Acts, the 10th chapter. After all, remember, I I still have till, what, 2 in the afternoon, Steve? Praise God. They go right along with it. I didn't say this earlier, but it's an honor to be here. Your pastors, praise God. Doug and Tasha, these pastors here, you guys are all special to us. We travel across the country, and it's always good to come to hometown friends. Praise God. We just got back from a family reunion, my mother's side. I like to say to people, uh, I, we survived it. But anyway, uh, great. Rel- how many have one or two squirrely relatives? We're not the only ones. Praise God. Before that, we flew back from Nebraska. Before that, we spent 13 days in Michigan. But there's nothing like home. We love you guys. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Acts, the 10th chapter. This is where Peter gets the vision on the housetop. Everything he saw. How many remember he sees all those animals? It was on a prayer shawl. Watch this in verse 9. The next day, they went up on their journey and drew near the city. Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry, wanted to eat. And while they made ready, he fell into a trance and he saw heaven opened. And an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners. Praise God. Descending to him and led down to the earth. And it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth. Wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air. We all know that was representative that the kosher laws are over. You don't have to eat that way anymore. Praise God. Praise God in verse 12 to 16. God is showing him what used to be unkosher animals that you are allowed to eat. How many can say pork? Anyway, praise God. They represented, in a positive sense, not negative, the Gentiles. Peter, the gospel's for them. I'm telling you, go to the house of Cornelius. I don't care if they're Gentile and have, don't have all the religious symbols. They need to know about Jesus. The miracle of the prayer shawl helped send them there. This is a fulfillment of what Jesus said at Caesarea Philippi. He asked Peter, who do men say that I am? And then he said, who do you say that I am? Peter answered, you are the son of the living God. Jesus said, and I quote, blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, 
That means Simon, praise God, you are or will be like the prophet Jonah. Listen to this. Jonah was the Jewish prophet in the Old Testament who carried the message to the Gentiles. It took a supernatural sign to get him there. Sometimes they teach jokingly, God had to hire Shamu (laughs) to get him there. Can I throw in an extra? The biblical Hebrew is unique. In the book of Jonah, and I learned this from my, when I redid my biblical Hebrew at the Jewish Community Center in Dallas about 15 years ago. We had an Israeli teacher, and she loved to say things like, Ah, but the Jews in America won't show you this. Let me show you. Praise God. The Hebrew called that whale as a male. You understand? Until it swallowed Jonah. Then it represented it as female. And then, in other words, that whale was now pregnant with the promise of God to reach the Gentiles. The moment it spit out Jonah after three days. It referenced it as male once again. How many love those little extras? Praise God. Praise God. Blessed art thou, son of Jonah. You will be like the prophet Jonah. Jonah was the Jewish prophet who carried the message in the Old Testament to the Gentiles. As I mentioned, took a supernatural sign to get him there. Peter obeyed and was the Jewish prophet who went to the house of Cornelius to tell them about Jesus. They received Jesus and right after that began speaking in tongues. They were immediately baptized in the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. Somebody say amen. Get ready for the last appearance of the prayer shawl in Scripture. Revelation, the 19th chapter. This is when he's coming back. Remember earlier I said two things. He'll be wearing the prayer shawl when he comes back. And I mentioned that you'll hear again about the name of God. One of the names of God is the only name of God we don't know the true pronunciation to. Hallelujah. In verse 11. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name, in verse 12, written that no one knew except himself. Does that reveal something to you? One name, only he and the Father and the Holy Spirit knows the exact translation. He was clothed with a white robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Back in Exodus 6, 3, he says, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they knew me as El Shaddai. But as my name, yod it's okay to pronounce it Jehovah because we don't know how to pronounce it. Otherwise, they did not know. When he comes back, they will find out the true pronunciation to that name. Hallelujah. Verse 14, the armies in heaven clothed with fine linen, 
followed him on white horses. Hallelujah. He hath on his vesture in verse 16. I got to run to it. He has on his robe and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Somebody once said this is true because they didn't know about the prayer shop preaching said maybe God will have his name tattooed on his thigh. How many know God's not, I'm not knocking anybody that has a tattoo, but Jesus don't need a tattoo. On the one corner prayer shawl, it is tied with the Hebrew letters that says, King of Kings and Lord of Lords to this day. When he comes back on that right horse, white horse, his prayer shawl will be thrown over his lap. And when they see King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. They'll know this is the one and only Savior. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Everybody lift a hand and praise him. Everybody lift a hand and praise him. Hallelujah. How many know we still serve a miracle working God? Amen. Thank you, sweetheart. Praise the Lord. How many believe he still works miracles? Thank you, Jesus. He's on the throne. Praise God. Praise God. You know, I changed my mind. Let's sing what we sang earlier. Except start with the verse, I give glory to your name. I just rose up in my scripture. How many love to give glory to his name? Hallelujah. And praise him because there's miracles in the house. We're Pentecostals. We still believe in miracles. That's why we go to Pentecostal churches. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise God. She doesn't have any power. She's got the power of God. How many know when you're working with electric things? It's like we were talking earlier. Uh, Computers are great when they work. The greatest miracle is still salvation. How many believe that? How many believe he's a healing Jesus? He sets people free. Hallelujah. But I ask this everywhere. Maybe you're all saved. But you never know. Am I right, pastors? A friend? We're seeing people saved across the country. Some of the church members didn't know they even came in. You know, if you're here this morning and you're not sure you're right with God, if you're not sure that if Jesus were to come back before this service ends, that you'd go to be with him. If you're not sure you're born again and you want to be sure, raise your hand so I can see it. Is there anybody? Thank you so much. Just a couple things I want to mention. We have, that's fine, Joy. We have the prayer shawls in the back. These are the scriptural prayer shawls with the cover. Praise the Lord. Not only is it purple and white, which is an offset of blue, one of the original colors, but it has gold stripes in it. Praise God. Representing the presence of God. It's got the blue thread. I'm not saying you have to have one, but it's it's prophecy holding in your hands. On Christian TV stations, for the last 10 years and more, the cheapest you can get it is $100 plus shipping and handling And they don't even have this, most of them. The blue thread, God said, to remind you, when you see it against the white, if I studied God's word today, we sell it for a flat $50, just a little over what we pay for it because it's so beautiful. And on each corner, 
it has a gold drawing of Jerusalem and a blessing in Scripture. Praise God. Praise A flat $50. And when you buy one of those, I want to give you this book written by an Assembly of God man. You know he's anointed if it's Assembly of God. Am I correct? It's a book of miracles. How God used him miraculously. He helped start three Assembly of God churches. Praise God, God used him miraculously in discerning of spirits, setting people free, saved and unsaved. It's, it's just amazing. It'll be free with the prayer shawl. I have a teaching on the Messianic view. What was prophesied of the birth of Christ? The Essenes who wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls, they gave. They were the first ones to take apart the Messianic prophecies at a, at a Christian filming studio outside of Weatherford, about actually 30 minutes outside. They had me come in with actors, and it goes over the whole story. One last thing we have. Of course, we have our T-shirts back there and things like this. I've had this the last time, and I want to mention it again. People want to hear it again. This is one of a kind. It's called the Quick Scan Bible. It's the King James Version, but it emboldens the meat of the verses. It doesn't say the rest isn't inspired. How many of you ever want, I used to like, even when I was in college, get the gist of what the chapter said. This will do it. It's dynamic. We don't sell them per se. This directly raises money for Israel. We're helping feed Holocaust survivors There's over 167,000 still in Israel. The average age is 87. And there's Israel counted 850 that are 100 years old and older. Jews are reached by actions of love, by feeding them places to stay. For every $100 gift, you're planting seed for Israel. People ask, how much of this 100 goes to Israel? 110%. We give more than what comes in. How many hear what I'm saying? Praise God, the prayer shawl and all and the t-shirts. And I love to say this. Let's say you need three or four items. Oh, also, my wife reminds me, we do take cards. We do take cards if you want to help plant extra seed to Israel. Uh, Cindy, we usually take them for a month and, uh, you know, try them out. I'm joking. (laughs) Praise God. We do take cards, praise God. And I love to say this. Let's say you need three or four or five items. You don't quite have enough. Don't worry about it. You can always Gentile me down. (laughs) See, I was warned about some of the Gentiles. And uh, Miss Cindy, do I turn it to you? Okay, let's all stand. My wife and I will be in the back. Glory to God. Well, yeah, some people ask, do you take cash and checks too? Yes, I, I hear that. And cards, and I promise to give it back to you right right away. Lift a hand. I want to pray the ironic blessing. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee. Hallelujah. The Lord answer every prayer you have that you live in peace. Glory to God. Go with them in their families, Holy Spirit. And bring them the blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm a people person. Please come back and say hello.